0: Hey guys, Jeff here from BestTechie.com, and this is Techie Bites, episode 34. Today I'm speaking with Taylor Lorenz, staff writer at The Atlantic. We discuss all different facets of internet culture, from YouTube stars and their drama, to teens using Instagram, to how to improve Twitter. Enjoy. This podcast is supported by Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your own professional website choose a template you love or start from scratch drag and drop to customize anything and use advanced design features like video backgrounds and image galleries you can even add professional business solutions like an online store booking system or blog i've personally tested and reviewed wix on best techie and can say without a doubt that wix is extremely easy to use and a great choice for both novice and advanced users so go ahead try it yourself Go to wix.com and create your own website today. That's wix. W-i-x.com. I'm here with Taylor Lorenz, staff writer at The Atlantic, also formerly at The Daily Beast and The Hill. She writes about tech memes and technology and social media and internet culture. I'm really excited to have Ron. We've actually tried to schedule this a few times, but uh, she's here with me now on the podcast. So, Taylor, welcome. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I know my schedule's a nightmare sometimes. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you did a lot of you did a lot of traveling recently, right? Like you yeah, were all over the place. I was
1: always traveling like random places. Um I was traveling for work and then I was in Israel just for fun. So but now I'm back for a week and a half, then I'm gone actually. But then you're
0: off again? Yeah, where in the world easy. is Taylor Lorenz? <laughs> yeah. Usually in (laughs) (laughs) DC. How how did you like Israel? Because I I was there a couple years ago, and it was it was was such an amazing trip.
1: Oh my god, I loved it. It was awesome. It was so fun. I was just there for vacation. Um, But the beach in Tel Aviv was beautiful, and um, yeah, it was really really beautiful and warm, which I love. So um, yeah, it was awesome.
0: Nice. So tell me a little bit, and tell us about you know. I, I always like to start with this question about who you are, what you do kind of give us a, a feel for for uh, for who you know who you are and what you're doing right now
1: sure. so well um, as you said I'm Taylor Lorenz I um, cover internet culture for the Atlantic um, and uh, basically that means I just I write a lot about sort of um, the way people use technology how technology affects um, the way people kind of connect um, and communicate with each other, um, and um, yeah, I I'm based in New York, uh, which is a pretty good place to be based if you cover sort of like internet stuff. Um, but I do go to L.A. and S.F. sometimes too, where a lot of this stuff is also based. Um, I forgot the end of the question. This is basically what I do. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> My you, life.
0: you you got it. You got it. So so I guess in L.A. and S.F. Um, I guess I guess mostly in LA there's a lot of YouTube creators and things like that there, right?
1: Um yeah. Or no, I mean, not so much. There's no no no. I mean that's like <laughs> the home and birthplace of YouTube creators. It's also sort of like the home of like any kind of influencer culture. Mm-hmm. Um I mean there's influencers all over the country now, but uh to be like a top 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 um like YouTuber, you definitely sort of should be in la i mean that said there's a lot of top youtubers not in la but um if you're an american youtuber you're probably going to la and it's also la and new york are just sort of like both really big like cultural hubs um in the u.s and so i write about culture so it's just kind of like i don't know that's where a lot of music people are based It's where a lot of movie stuff is based um so yeah
0: gotcha right yeah but i'll never
1: live in la (laughs)
0: see i i it's actually funny i've met some people from la and they're like i love la it's just the the only thing i you know you you have to drive everywhere it's unlike in new york where you can literally walk or you can take the subway you don't really you don't need a car at all in fact i don't own a car i'm sure you i don't know if you do um
1: yeah but i mean like i like i always stay in santa monica or venice when i'm out there and like You can totally walk, and like now they have the scooters and everything. I just, for me, like I'm like a high-strung person, and I think New York is like suited to that. People in LA, Mm -hmm. I'm always like, move it, like what's going (laughs) on, like get this done now. Like, there's no like urgency.
0: Yeah, I I I was driving in Vermont several years ago, and I I, I, people actually stopped at stop signs. (laughs) I was oh my god, I just couldn't believe it. And yeah. uh, so I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, so, so you're, you're, I'm going to state the obvious here. You're not a teenager, right? But, no. but, <laughs> but you do focus a lot on, 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 um, ha- kind of on this internet culture and sp- specifically a lot of, of what teens are interested in. Because yeah. I guess that is the future of, you know, of this medium, right? Um, well,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, go ahead. More I did not know.
1: I, can, I you keep go. interrupting. Yeah, I, I like lately um i don't know why but like i think a lot of the stuff i've written around teens i guess people love teens so they click on anything with teens in the headline um but yeah like i i write i'm really interested in sort of like um like social norms on different apps and platforms sort of like how technology affects communication and Um, like emergent user behaviors on you know these different sort of like social platforms we use and so sort of by default a lot of that stuff is like teen related like I guess teenagers are the ones that are using the apps in like kind of new and weird ways but they're definitely not the only ones that are using apps in like new and weird ways and I think some of my favorite stories I've done are actually not about teenagers like I I mean I'm working on a story now about like LinkedIn and like matchmakers and how they use it and then Another story I did a couple months matchmakers ago. matchmakers. You on-
0: mean like, you mean like people who like, who like for dating purposes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then, um, yeah. And then I wrote a story about like, you know, how Twitter became the number one social network for nudists, um, a couple months ago too. And, right. Like, I remember that. Was, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just an interesting conversation about terms of service. I'm like, anyway, I just, yeah. Like I, I really don't ever focus on T te- Like I really never, I'm like, oh, like teens are doing this like I'm gonna write about it it's more like I noticed some weird like trend and oftentimes teens are behind it often right but a lot of times they're not anyway
0: so no so but so 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna point out one of these trends because that I saw on one of your articles was which was they post the same picture over and over kind of turning into a meme on their Instagram account yeah how do you even like how do you even find out about that like, okay, I had so- never heard of that until I saw your article.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing that I didn't mention in that article, which, like, I should have. I wrote that article really fast, and I didn't really um, get into it. I, I probably could have put more context around that trend. But, like, okay, so I, like discovered the internet through tumblr a decade ago that was like when I was young and like uh-huh. it was coming up and That 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 trope of posting the same thing every day um, was also a tumblr meme um, And so like p- there's one tumblr that's been going for more than seven years posting the same picture of Dave Coulier who is um, <laughs> Like from full house like every right if you, if you don't know who Dave Coulier thing. is yeah, 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 he's the guy from Full House. Um, and then it was also like a, a meme with Facebook pages. So like people posting the same picture every day on Facebook as this like absurdist meme. Um, so I noticed like the same thing sort of like popping off on Instagram and, um, I was like, who's posting these? Cause what was different on Instagram was that people were using it in really different ways. So like, I think with Tumblr and, and Facebook, there was this like, like I said, like an absurd humor in doing it, but with Instagram, people were doing that same trend but a little bit differently where like they were posting different things in the caption like Instagram just has a lot more functionality than Tumblr back in the day or even old Facebook pages so um yeah so people were posting like really weird stuff on their story every day um or they were making it sort of like these diaries and so I think that was just sort of like an example of how like an old trope has been reimagined on Instagram, and um, yeah, like a lot of the people that like ninety nine percent of the people that do that are teenagers. So, do um,
0: do you think that like that that these teens like saw this at some at some point in in their internet browsing? You know,
1: <laughs> it's just like it's just like a pervasive thing. Like it, it's like a. Like, you know how, like, everything on the internet, like, every old thing is new again. Like, right, right. I mean, like I said, like, I came to Tumblr, like, sort of like right before it peaked. And there was all this, like, really, like, Tumblr stuff that sort of also gets reimagined. Um, but every time I'm like, this was a Tumblr meme, somebody will be like, actually, like, this was big on, like, N- Net Forum and like, 2002. <laughs> or, you know, like, I right. think that there are things that, um, That sort of just, like, come up again and again. I mean, humor changes over time, so that's why I think it's been sort of, like, reimagined. And, like I said, the functionality of these platforms changes. So it's not exactly the same thing. But I think the, like, ridiculous sort of, like, humor... I I don't think the teenagers saw it and copied it. I think it's just, like, a funny thing to do. And, like, Mm -hmm. different generations of the internet, like, discover that humor and, um, you know kind of like morph it to whatever platform is big right now right now instagram is like the most relevant platform so
0: yeah definitely um, yeah. so 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 mm-hmm. where, so where, so where, do, where does taylor spend most of her time on uh, online these days where
1: you- <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> well twitter because i'm a journalist and i'm addicted to it but i need like to get off um but
0: you and um, your avocado toast picture um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> twitter
1: is so stupid um, but yeah, so, um, I, I, but I suppose I spend most of my time on Instagram, like I would say most of my waking hours, I still go on Tumblr, but it's just a shell of what it was. Um, yeah. and I don't know, like I'm really into other apps like TikTok now, um, which is like the, what musically morphed into, um, I just, I'll download like anything with a login page, but Instagram is like, has a scale that other platforms don't and um, so I think it's like easier to see trends there mm
0: mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about Facebook obviously with a parent um, company I of literally Instagram. don't
1: think about Facebook I don't have <laughs> Facebook on my phone and I think it's like the most irrelevant stupid thing and I mean I'm not gonna quit but like I don't I haven't been on there in a really long time
0: gotcha so I'm really interested to learn more about your process in terms of how you go about writing these stories you're you know I cuz I find them every story you put out I always find it interesting Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> well, I, I'm serious. I like I I always, I'm always I'm always clicking on every little every link that you share when it comes to your stories, just because like there's such an interesting kind of angle to it all. It's you know it, it's it's stuff that I just didn't wasn't aware existed usually. <laughs> um Or like, ha, ha, like walk us through the process of of you you know writing these stories. H- how do you do it?
1: Um. <laughs> from a jur- from a journalist standpoint yeah it kind of depends um I have a different editor more recently I think it totally depends on your editor in terms of the process um I started to do it I'll tell you how I started to do it and how I do it now um I started to write about I mean I never I worked always on like the strategy and business side of media companies and then I started doing more writing and um, Cooper Fleischman, who is my favorite, one of my favorite editors, Ben Collins is another favorite editor I've had. Um, basically like I just talked to them about stuff that I'm interested in and like stuff I notice online and they helped me frame it into a story and I would just do a post. And that's how like, I think some of my best stories came about. Um, I think I'm not always very good at seeing what's a story. Like I'm, i very good at like spending my entire life on the internet, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I definitely need an editor to like, tell me what's a story and what's not, because otherwise I will literally also write about like just every random dumb thing. I'm like, I don't know if people <laughs> want to read that. I don't know. Sometimes you do, sometimes you do. Um, so it can be kind of hard. Um, and now I'm at a different job, um, where it's a little different. I definitely have to do, um, more, I have to figure more stuff out on my own, um, which is much harder. <laughs> um, but I am—it's also been really good um, in a lot of ways. Um, but so I kind of do the same thing that I always do, which is to spend a lot of time finding stuff, and um, then I try to figure out if I can do a post on it. Um, right. I don't know. Sorry, it's very uh, no,
0: no, I just so, spend It my makes sense. So, mind. like, you're you're, you're, you're you're you identify you identify a potential story, right? Do you, do you do you then bring it to the? Like, do you are you currently bringing it to your editor? And then they're yeah. like Taylor, like, no, 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 <laughs> not, yeah, not this one. <laughs> or they're like, oh, this, run with this, you know? Um, yeah, how, yeah.
1: Basically, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you give us? Can you give us an example of a of, of a potential story idea that you thought was. You thought it was interesting, but your editor kind of shot down.
1: Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because <laughs> I don't want to call out my editor. Um, I love my editor; she's so amazing. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like okay. it's more just like um, it's more just like there's a lot of things I would write about, and I think it depends on like what skills you're developing too. Like right. one thing that my editor is really good at currently is like she's helping me, I think, just develop more like in like business reporting and like kind of like investigative type stuff um which i never did before and so it's been good to learn um you know every editor you have is different and so um you know it's just that's just you learn something new with every different editor and that's really good it's that's why it's really good like i think when i was doing this on my own you know i don't know i wasn't being pushed in different ways so
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've definitely yeah. noticed more of the investigative kind of uh, tale of it, right? In, in some of your more like some of your harder stories.
1: reporting, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah More yeah. like harder, like news reporting. Like, I, you know, I love trend pieces. Like, my dream is to just write like trend stories for like whatever <laughs> whoever will let me do it. Um, and so I think I gravitate towards like trend type stuff. Um, Instead of the more like hard reported stuff, although trend stories are still reporting. Um, so yeah, it just it just depends.
0: Um, gotcha. Yeah, I have so, a newsletter um, now
1: though for all oh, you the do. Like, weird stuff that I don't write about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, 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 That actually is something I wasn't aware of. What's uh, what's the, what's the newsletter?
1: Um, well, you might not be aware of it because I haven't sent the first one of it yet. I only the oh. sign up and then I'm sending it like tomorrow, probably or Thursday. I did. I I it's just like a newsletter where I'm just going to post all this stuff. So we have a new girl who's like head of newsletters for the Atlantic and she's like encouraging everyone to do newsletters. And so it's just going to be like I have so many people that like to read my stuff that aren't on Twitter and like especially like. Just like tech people or like parents or whatever, so. I just am sending a newsletter that has like links to all my recent stories and then also like links to like all the other stuff I think is cool that like isn't in my stories. Um, gotcha. So, yeah.
0: So so is this newsletter Is this newsletter through The Atlantic or is it like – or is it powered by like one of those no, new no, and no. fancy newsletter yeah. services?
1: No, I just want to do it myself. Um okay. So it's just through Substack, yeah. Gotcha. Um, cool. I just – yeah, I do – not – I would do it for The Atlantic but I think it's better to just do it on my own right now so makes um, sense yeah so
0: one. <laughs> so one. i want i want to talk about some of the other stories that you've written that are really interesting to me so what uh, again this you know this one um was about instagram and flop accounts first of all yeah. what the hell is a flop account
1: <laughs> <laughs> a flop account is like a cringe account it's like an account where you post stuff that's like cringy or like a flop is like a fail like do you remember also like earlier on the internet there'd be like fail blog or like right, you know right. so everything was like a fail like a flop <laughs> is just like a modern fail um, or like a like yeah like a cringe type of thing so flop accounts are like Instagram accounts that call out things that they think are like a fail or like a stupid like something that was like like a flop um, mm-hmm. so yeah like not articulate that well but i think people get the sense it's like something that like is, is like the owner thinks was like wow like what a miss." you know what right, i mean right right um how, how, is, is this
0: is this a trend is this a trend that's really big on instagram like is is, is this like I, cause <laughs> I know you covered it in your, in your article and it seemed like it was like a really popular thing for people to do
1: it's a but popular i have thing okay yeah
0: sorry what were you we saying no no uh, so so if, like, how do you find these flop accounts, I guess, in the first question?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> if you just search, know, just... like, flop? or No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I guess with everything on Instagram, I just use the Explore page a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just actually, I, I on flop accounts, I sort of had seen them on Explore. And I sort of was, like, vaguely aware of them and then somebody tagged me one of the girls that I talked to like tagged me in the comments of a flop being like um Taylor Lorenz is a journalist she can tell you that like this is not a flop because like this information is accurate and I was like oh my god why am I being pulled into this like 400 comment deep like thread with like 13 year olds and then um so I just thought like I just, like, noticed them and I thought, like, I'm going to do a post on that because I don't think people had done a post on it before. So gotcha. um, I thought it was an interesting way that, like I said, I'm really interested in um, sort of, like, how people communicate and also, obviously, how they consume media as a journalist. That's something you think about a lot. And so flop accounts are stuff where a lot of the um, themes of flop accounts are, like um, – you know, news or current events. So obviously like, you know, flop accounts started as a way for people to just post like fails, like, Oh, like cringe stuff or like, Oh, like, um, I don't know, Jake Paul flops, like all the times he's fucked up and done something stupid. Right. Like, right. But people started posting more, um, sort of like over the past year about like issues. So like, this is an exaggeration, but like LGBT rights are a flop. Like that's actually not, I mean, not even an exaggeration. People have stuff like that online. like, it's more just, like, an idea is a flop or, like, a viewpoint is a flop. And so, um, and, and also, like, it's really hard to kind of summarize my whole article in, in like, a few sentences, but... Right, you should definitely back- go
0: read it after listening it's, to this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm never good at, like, summarizing them, but... um, But, yeah... Oh, I mean, no, I,
0: I wasn't saying... wasn't saying because you weren't doing a good job. I'm just saying because it's, it's worth reading. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. No, that's what I meant, too. Yeah, for oh, okay. sure. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, I can't remember what the question was anymore, but I just thought it was interesting. So that's, um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting way that people were like, I guess, consuming media in a new way and also vetting information in a new way. And um, so, yeah. Kind of just
0: giving their opinions also in a, in a, in a kind of a new yeah. way as well. Yeah. Yeah. So another, another thing that I noticed was that summer jobs are a thing of the past now. <laughs> and, and now sponsored content on Instagram is now a new summer job. Like, you, yeah, like these, these like, y- like young people, some people, if they have a large enough, I guess, following or a dedicated enough following, are able to make money off sponsored content, and they don't have to. And then their parents aren't making them get part-time jobs over the summer.
1: Is... Well. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, so I wrote a story about actually kids that don't have huge online audiences selling sponsored content. So, right. the story is about, um, like, sort of like regular teenagers selling SponCon and more brands wanting to work with, like, quote-unquote regular teens. Can I just so say these- that I
0: love how you call it SponCon? Because I've, I've never – I just call it sponsored content, but I'm, oh, I'm, I guess I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> I guess.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, so – so basically the story is about the fact that like, like average teens in the sense that like they might only have like a thousand Instagram followers are still able to work with brands and monetize their accounts. So, you know, previously you would have to like, in order to like, you know, make a lot of money as an influencer, like you would have to be sort of like have, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of followers. And now brands think it's more authentic to actually just work with like average kids and they can also pay them far less. So they'll pay them like $10 for a sponsored post as opposed to like, Tons more Um, or 10,000 as opposed to $10,000 or something. Right. Exactly. Or, or more than that even. So, um, yeah, so that, that sort of like is a growing trend. And then also, yeah, I mean, teenagers like increasingly are making more money, um, on Instagram than, than previously, you know, um, because of this rise in like influencer culture, which they can all really capitalize on. Um, so they, yeah, they will like sell sponsored content, um, and make enough money that they don't have to, like, wash dishes necessarily, um, which sounds kind of, like, dystopian or it, it's, like, one of those, like, things. And I think that was even, like, the headline or something was, like, it's the new summer job. Like, that's such a troll. I love writing troll stories. Um, <laughs> it's, like, a very troll angle. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's also, like, teaching these kids really valuable skills. And a lot of these kids are, like, extremely savvy marketers and, like, understand, like, Instagram ads and, like, inst- like they understand sort of like I guess digital marketing better than a lot of even people in right their 20s or there's 30s. There's, so, def-
0: there, there's definitely like a it, first of all you have to be able to realize that you can do it before you know you go up you know like before like it doesn't just like happen like, you have to actually yeah, seek well, it, it, it sort out of right?
1: happens in the sense that like brands will just dm you and that's okay. sort of like how it happens for a lot well of that's of not how it like-
0: happened when I when I was when it was my age I actually had to realize that I could do something before I but I guess that's pretty well, awesome. I think <laughs> that's how
1: you realize, that's how you realize you can do something. Like, I mean, yeah. a lot of these kids, like, you know, you're just sort of like going along, doing your thing, posting what you want, you're 14 years old. And then like a brand is like, hey, this is actually really cool. And I think a lot of kids like, don't, like a lot of teenagers, I think previously never really realized the like cultural clout that they have and like how desperately marketers want to get in touch with teenagers. Like I think in the past, you know, kids, didn't realize that or they thought it was lame and shied away and like definitely kids kids these days like embrace it and recognize it more which is which they're using to their advantage so Mm -hmm. you know like as they should (laughs) yeah exactly i I
0: think they should so let's shift gears a little bit let's talk a little bit about youtube youtube's hugely popular it's the it's like the number two search engine it's also just a hugely popular video platform there are a number of mega stars that have you know, come from YouTube, a lot of, a lot of, uh, teenagers and young people, you know, like YouTube stars, YouTube personalities better than, you know, certain celebrities on, in movies and stuff. Right. Um, I'm thinking specifically about the Paul brothers, Logan and Jake, you've written, you've written a bit about them. There's also obviously Philip DeFranco who actually I'm, I'm a huge fan of myself, um, and, and others, but do you like, I guess what I'm getting at is is there is there a way to, to transfer you, huge youtube success in the long term like is is that something that can really is that something that that we that you think can work
1: I um, mean you know? it's worked for like exactly what you mentioned Pew, um uh, Philip DeFranco, Shane Dawson, um, PewDiePie, like all of these people have been YouTube stars for like nearly a decade.
0: Um, Right. Philip DeFranco, I remember, and Shane Dawson that were like some of the original, like the OG guys.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people that have sustained YouTube success. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, and I think it's like also those people have been able to um, just, yeah, like successfully leverage their audiences and grow massive audiences on like whatever social platform. Um, People like Logan and Jake Paul, like, no. I mean, they, first of all, they're already very passe. Like, I think like it, it depends like if you're if you're like a teen star like a teen where all your fans are like tween girls um it's really hard um it's it's really hard to um
0: because you get older
1: <laughs> it's yeah you get older and like you're less cool and like your shtick that appeals to like kids like look at like everyone from like or like most people from like MadCon, this like earlier group of like male vloggers like cameron dallas like nash greer like they're kind of just like passe now and like it's just, there's, there's a very short shelf life for, um, you know, like these, these like very like heart type stars, um, mm-hmm. or cranky or like kids that appeal to like a very like immature kind of like, I don't know, like kids grow up and they grow out of your content very fast. And unless you're working hard to kind of like maintain your relevance or pivot yourself, um, you know, and and I'd say it hasn't worked out for the Paul brothers for different reasons. Like Logan. So it like always sort of chased mainstream success and seemed to want to get into Hollywood, which he's a terrible actor and has never really made any headway in that area. And Jake, I think is smarter, but Jake has also just been, I just completely mismanaged his fame. Like he doesn't like, you know, he he hasn't really successfully built a long-term business out out of it either. So we'll see. I mean, so, they're not like
0: yeah. It's do very do, hard. do you think like that their their content is it's possible that I don't know you know how like the Office has like a new generation of fans right mm-hmm. like, you know like because it's on Netflix and and when it was on the, these the people who are watching it the teens who are watching it now fall in love with Pam and Jim. Um, it's totally now,
1: different. It's, yeah. Okay,
0: that's what I that's what I'm asking you. Like I, you're it's the totally expert on different.
1: this. <laughs> it's totally different. That's like being like, oh, people like to watch old movies, so like maybe they'll <laughs> like to watch like old Jake Paul videos. Like, what? No. Like, that that doesn't... Like, that, that's totally different. Like, what is like a scripted narrative that's like speaking to timeless truths about like capitalism, like the work environment. Like, another is just like Jake like being shitty and like jumping off <laughs> ship and like stuff that like... Like, it's just... It's old and he seems old now. And like, I, it's just... Yeah, like also, you know, there's always content that's made for kids that's gonna appeal for kid- to kids. It's just, yeah, I mean, you could look at what's happened to generations of YouTube stars previously, like the ones I just mentioned. Like, no one's really nostalgic for them. Like, people are nostalgic for platforms like Vine or really just Vine, <laughs> um, <laughs> or like you know Facebook of, of previous years or like MySpace or LiveJournal, whatever. Like. People are nostalgic for platforms that allowed them to discover sort of content that resonated with them at those ages but um it's very rare that. but
0: th- th- also those platforms don't exist anymore so it makes it easy yeah to be nostalgic but i mean you could
1: it. even say early youtube content like yeah i mean i'm really nostalgic for some of the youtubers that i used to love but i don't really watch them anymore because they're just not interesting to me like and you know i think that that might happen with jake paul or his like fans you know it's like yeah they might be like oh jake yeah i used to watch him when i was younger but like that doesn't mean they're gonna like watch him again you know right so yeah it's very hard
0: so so one of the other things i noticed uh is that a lot a lot of kids and teens and young just young people want to be the next youtube star right it's all about it's all it's all all about because it, it because it because it seems something it seems like it's something that's attainable when it really actually may not be that attainable, it's hard, very hard to do, right? But there's
1: simultaneously, ha- like, and, like, hyper attainable and, like, and like extremely not. Like, it's, it's – there's very low barrier to entry, um, uh-huh. which is great. And, you know, a lot of kids can be very successful and never have, like, 10 million followers. You know what I mean? Like, they can monetize their channel. They can find their niche. They can be really big, like – or, or run, like, a big popular meme account on Instagram and essentially be, like, a really pop, you know, a, a, an influencer that's, that's, um, that's relevant, that's, you know, like, making money and stuff, but that's never really big. To reach the, like, upper echelon of, of, of fame, and this is true for any type of entertainment, um, is, is always, like, extremely, extremely hard. You really have to be. And then once you're there, you have to, like, work so hard to maintain your, um, you know, your audience. That It's really hard. And it's hard for like YouTuber and it's hard for influencers, especially to maintain the relevance because like, unlike, like, I mean, you could be sort of a washed up actor, but if you get a really good role in like a hit movie, you know, you could become relevant again. And I think with YouTubers and, and like internet creators as a whole, like it's up to you to kind of do that. Like, you're not going to have a big break on some movie that's going to like you know put this huge marketing behind sort of like giving you a, a like reinvigorating your brand it's like you have to do it all yourself so that, that's, that's a good what point makes it really
0: yeah. hard. Do, do you do you do you get a feeling that 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 these people uh these teens these young people have have I an, any idea about the amount of work that actually goes into it oh yeah or you, i mean okay
1: they put in like an insane amount of work i mean kids will work so hard and put so much effort into something and you know whatever but it's not like it it depends it depends on the kid i mean a lot of these kids are just doing it at home in their bedrooms and they you know it's not like becoming an actor where you have to really sacrifice your life or i mean you're sacrificing your life in a different way but like you're not like dependent on studios and stuff it's more like getting on the radar of other influential youtubers to collab with them and like coming up through different ways um so you think the
0: collaborations are key though right that's well, ca- of key. yes
1: as always it's been the case yeah. for sure that's like the main vehicle for growth on youtube is collabing um and that and, unless you're doing something really original and, and occasionally you know there's there's probably like 40 percent of people you know just maybe come up on their own um through organic discovery but most most people um get the way they are because a bigger more influential person has lifted them up So, um, yeah, so that's Mm -hmm. definitely like a way that people grow. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean like definitely maybe some 12 year old that doesn't really know what it takes to be a vlogger might think that, but so many vloggers talk so much about how, how much, how like how much hard work it is, um, that I think they might be like vague. they're probably, they're vaguely aware of it.
0: Do you, do you think that, do you think that, that, that the fact that they talk about you're saying that a lot of vloggers talk about it, do you think that, that, what am I trying to say? Basically, what I'm trying to say is that do you think that that makes their content less original and and less interesting to people? Therefore, it'll make it harder for them to break through. <laughs> Wait,
1: what? Sorry, say that again. I know it was
0: very it was a very convoluted <laughs> thought and it just popped in my head. But yeah. because because they're talking about it in their vlogs, right? Yeah. About how hard it is to break through, yeah. and a lot of a lot of people are talking about how hard it is. Other vloggers, yeah. it makes their content less original. Wait, Therefore, what do you
1: mean it makes their content less original?
0: Because everyone's talking about it. Everyone's no, talking about the same exact thing. No,
1: no, 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 no 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 no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't okay. make their content less original because they acknowledge something. Like, it's just the way it doesn't make their content less original if they, like, mention that they've had depression or, like, mention that, you know, whatever. Like, it doesn't make their content less original. They're not all doing something in the same way. They're not all speaking about something in the same way. Like, they're not all – It's it's that's completely – those things are completely decoupled from each other. it gotcha. um, yeah. Th- fair yeah. enough. So before, if, if before anything, it makes them more authentic because they're talking about their own personal struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you know, every everyone's that makes like,
0: sense. Yeah. So before we move on to Twitter, I have one other question. So there was sure. recently this whole this whole kind of I don't know debacle where this thing called better help, right? And you, a lot of YouTube oh, yeah. stars are talking about uh, are, are trying to be are either trying or are being authentic about. Their struggles with depression. Uh, Philip DeFranco is one of them. Other, there are a handful of other that are promoting the, that were promoting this service called BetterHelp, and and they were then accused of profiting off fans' depression. What what, what do you think about all this? Like, it, well, it, 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 will uh, Phil will Phil be able to recover from this? Is that one? Oh, I guess okay. One, well, so let's
1: right, explain what happened. So okay. okay, so there's this app called BetterHelp which paid a bunch of YouTubers. To um, do sponsored To sort of like put sponsored Language into their videos And then also link to a referral code um, Like at the end of the YouTuber's video so a referral Code basically works where if somebody signs Up using the code like Philip DeFranco um, You know they'll Philip DeFranco will get like say $10 For that sign up Um, So this was problematic In a couple ways Um, I think like fans were immediately When they saw the referral code being like Well, you're profiting off fans' depression because if a fan is depressed enough to download this depression, like, counseling app, um, and you're making $10 from that, like, that's profiting. Um, I I can see how that would be construed that way. Um, The other issue was that this counseling app itself was not a very good counseling app, it turns out. Like, it had a lot of flaws. Like, it seems like a lot of, you know, there were some negative reviews about the app. And so that's a problem because, um, you know, fans trust these influencers so deeply and um you know there's this like sort of like understanding of authenticity and like so they they you know for a youtuber to recommend something that's a bad experience um reflects very negatively on the youtuber because fans trust them to to vet these services so um yes there was just a lot of backlash against this app and like people being like why are all the biggest youtubers you know doing partnerships in sponcon with this really shitty app that you know whatever so, um, yeah, but, I mean, Philip DeFranco was kind of the ringleader. Like, he, I think a lot of people, like, worked with this hat because he worked with them and people trust Philip. Um, but it turned out to be not so good. Anyway, Philip said he's not working with them anymore. He also, like, went to the offices and met with them. Like, I, it, he's going to be totally fine. It's just, like, it's a tempest in a teapot. There's literally, like, YouTube drama like this every single week. Um, and so, <laughs> like, it's fine. Like no one's gonna suffer long term. I mean, no YouTuber is gonna suffer because they did some sponsorship with this. Ever, uh-huh. it's already blown over. So
0: they're they're, they're onto something new now.
1: Yeah, there's drama every <laughs> second. So. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, that's good to know because uh, you know, as a fan of Phil myself, I'm I'm just happy to Phil know that'll be all right.
1: Phil is eternally. Phil is not going anywhere anytime soon. He's very yeah.
0: he's very yeah. savvy. He knows what he's doing.
1: He's extremely savvy. Yeah.
0: I mean, so. the fact that he flew out to uh, to their offices and, and and actually met with them. I think shows a lot of uh, self awareness and responsibility that he takes that's towards his much, brand.
1: That's very much a YouTuber thing to do. It's like I'm getting to the bottom of this. Like <laughs> it is. Like, it okay, is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but but whatever. I, I think that that's also like he's he's it's it's he wanted to know what happened and yeah he's fine. He's fine. He's good. like his fans aren't going to care. They already don't care. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Fair enough. So let's let's turn let's turn let's turn our head towards Twitter for a little bit. You're as you mentioned earlier, you're an avid Twitter user. Yeah. Uh, does, does Twitter does Twitter have a growth problem? Like the like. No. Or are you happy with the way it is right now? I mean.
1: No, I'm not happy with the way it is now. There's like okay. abuse and harassment is running rampant, and there's like troll armies, and it's like destroying democracy. So like, definitely not the best platform. Um. Yeah, it's a very negative experience being on Twitter. Um, I've been doxxed on Twitter. Like people are awful to me on Twitter. Like I'm on it all the time because I, I like. To yeah, I have to ask so why? Why do you? Want, why are you always on it? Yeah. Well, because it's really bad. For if you if you're a journalist, especially if you're writing about stuff that's like trending and stuff like, you kind of have to be on Twitter. That's where a lot of stuff emerges, and you have mm-hmm. to be on top of the internet and. Um, So yeah, I definitely am on it, but it's, it it, does have a growth problem. Like, no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like what's, I mean, shareholders want to see user growth, but also not, it's never going to scale to the size of Facebook. Like, I don't know. I think that's like kind of a, I don't know what to say about that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think that the, what the much bigger and more important problem is the toxicity on the platform, um which yeah. they really haven't been able to a stem. So
0: do, do you have any thoughts about how, how they could kind of yeah handle that better?
1: Number one, make it so like I said this yesterday, this is just a stupid feature request, but something that affects me a lot. Make it so that people can't DM you in perpetuity. Like, you know how it has like you have the inbox separated between like basically like spam and like your main inbox, and like mm-hmm. it's really annoying that some people can DM your main inbox like eternally like if you dm them once unless you block them they can just continue to dm you and that's really allows for so much harassment and it's really bad and so like if you don't
0: if you don't respond after no it's like if you
1: no no it's like if you respond to them once they can they can then have access to your main dm inbox like forever Right, back. that's what I'm
0: saying. Like if you and then it, but I'm saying like as a feature request, if you didn't respond after a period of time no, then it should no, no, move it no, out. No, no,
1: no. No, I just want it to be manual. Like oh, okay. think, sometimes I want to talk to somebody for a story. So I'll talk to them for a story, you know, and then like 6 months later they're sending me like obnoxious messages every second. And gotcha. like you know, so I just want the ability to like manually bump them back over to the other inbox.
0: Mm-hmm. So that that seems like a fair request i mean well twitter has
1: just perfect like the they don't put any effort into their dm product and it's insane you also can't search dms like the whole thing is a disaster
0: i mean like do you think jack actually pays attention to anything people say
1: on no jack is delusional he doesn't care he doesn't he doesn't care he has his own like vision for what he thinks twitter is and like how people use twitter and he doesn't actually you know he pretends I he cares, but I
0: he doesn't care. In my opinion, I, I don't think. He no,
1: cares. I think he cares, but he's so delusional. Like I think that he care. I don't think his like caring is pretending as much. As it is like complete self delusion about like the product okay. and how people use it.
0: So you, th- so you think that he that he believes that people should u- or use Twitter in a particular way that maybe they don't actually use it, and then yeah. he thinks they use it that way.
1: No, it's that makes it seem very much. Or he like wants he them to use it that way. It's more that like he doesn't understand the like he doesn't understand like he's not. He, yeah, he doesn't understand it. Like he like like all tech founders, like he's completely delusional about how people use their product. Like you could say the same thing about Kevin stream at Instagram. You could say the same thing about Mark Zuckerberg. Like mm-hmm. people people like see their product, especially founders. They see their product in one way and they see this grand vision for it and they see like the positives of it more than the negatives and they're very um remiss to to kind of like acknowledge some of the really problematic stuff that happens and that's that's we've seen that to be true on basically all these social platforms
0: right um, to, to be fair I think I think Jack has spent a lot more time on square and like than, than he does on Twitter. I mean, I know he says he balances them, but like, it seems like Square gets a little a little bit more love and attention from Jack Dorsey than Twitter does. In my opinion, I have
1: no idea. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I I don't pay attention to Square, and I don't uh-huh. ever really write about like the corporate side of Twitter. So, like, I have no idea what goes on. But I just think that, like, from a user standpoint, um, it's a disaster.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Last question about uh, this is Twitter related. <laughs> before we get to the lightning round, sure. So politics aside, do you think it's a good thing that our president actively uses Twitter to communicate with people?
1: Uh, like I just said, I think Twitter's like this huge, massively problematic platform. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing about Twitter is that it gives it it can it allows people to like amplify their voices and and warp stuff in insane ways. Um, I don't it's not inherently a problem that a president would use a broadcast um media to to make their opinions heard that's not a problem like that's really important actually like it, it is really important that um you know presidents are able to speak to the public you know right. it's not the medium television. it's the
0: message though right
1: it's not the message it's the it's however it, right it's, it's it's the it's how it's being used it's not right it's and and that is also you know like i, I think something that um yeah that just that the founders like jack dorsey need to think critically about is it. like you know how are they how are these platforms being used um and and what in what ways that said i i'm not one of those people that thinks they should kick trump off twitter also they did kick re- alex jones off though yeah finally <laughs> he should have been kicked off he was violating all these terms and like whatever right. Right. I know do you think the president
0: terms. can violate terms of service on Twitter though? Is that like Twitter explicitly
1: said Twitter explicitly said that Twitter ex- has an entire clause um in their terms of service, which they publicly announced and which I wrote about, which is basically that like um, they have a completely different standard for um, world leaders, which I think right. is fair.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. cool um, so, well, yeah. Taylor, I, I I really appreciate you being on the podcast so far. you uh, it's been great. I enjoyed oh, this it's conversation. Been we okay. we are we are now we are now at the time for the lightning round, which of course is supported by Wix, where you can create a professional website today. That's WIX.com, Wix com. So whenever you're ready, Taylor, you let me know and sure, we'll get started. All right, here we go. What's the most recent recent show you've binge binged I can't speak. Binge binge watched.
1: Um Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I only watch horror and sci-fi, so Really? Shooting. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, so, so, um, I have, first of all, I haven't heard of that show. But, uh, I, I've, it's I've like been.
1: a big, huge hit on Netflix right now. It's I, Netflix I, Netflix. I,
0: I still have to watch Daredevil season three. I'm, I'm I have I to. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it's like a scary show. It's like, well, it's like, it's like, I thought it was cheesy in some parts, but it's a haunted house show.
0: Okay, well, I, scary, scary, scary movies and scary shows in me really don't mix. That's oh, probably why I haven't kidding. heard of it. I only watch horror. <laughs> I only
1: watch horror, and when there's no more horror, I watch sci-fi. Um,
0: I could um, do sci-fi. Just I don't know about horror.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like right. it's not for everyone.
0: <laughs> In your opinion, who's been the most successful YouTuber to date? Um,
1: I you can't I uh, it, on what metric or just, what? just on
0: your opinion. In your opinion, you could it could be anything.
1: Um. I, I don't even know how it, I don't know how to answer that because it's like successful in what way um, successful in terms of like followers and engagement obviously PewDiePie he's the biggest mm-hmm. but is he the most successful like has he reached the, I don't I don't know it kind of depends what you consider success like like what, what you're measuring that on um, okay so yeah that'd be like who's the most successful actor like <laughs> yeah, I guess I
0: I see where you're coming from. I don't know, enough. like, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: all right. Like, like you can here, do it on, like here, who's made the most money? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Too <laughs> awesome? All right, sorry. So here's here's one that I think is uh is, is is probably more fair to ask: Should scooter companies? I know you mentioned this. You like I them? Love scooters. Should they be allowed in New York City?
1: Yeah, obviously. I'm like actively lobbying for it. I Are you
0: serious? Them. I am actively lobbying against. Well, I say that. I'm
1: actively lobbying. I retweet like positive stuff about them all the time. Um, and like one time, they were demoing with this like Brooklyn councilman, and I was like losing my mind. I was like retweeting everything.
0: Well, yeah, just, I we. Need them. Why why, why, why do you think it would be a good idea to have them in New York City?
1: Because the tr- p- transit, the 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 subway is basically derelict and doesn't work <laughs> anymore. It's impossible to get around. The public infrastructure has been so degraded um, and mismanaged over so many years that it's like impossible to get around. Like and look, I get that it's it's dangerous. It might be dangerous in Manhattan um, because, you know, there aren't a lot of protected bike lanes. But in Queens, Staten Island, Brooklyn, the Bronx, where like there's no public transit options for miles. Absolutely. We need some kind of solution. And there's City Bike, but City Bike can only go so far, and it's a clunky, bad product, too. And so, yeah. Right. And and it's limited. Yeah.
0: Limited the amount of time you can have it for, and things like that. And
1: it's expensive as fuck.
0: It is expensive.
1: Way cheaper to do scooters. So, and and scooters are faster, they're more efficient.
0: I'd be for for... scooters in every borough but Manhattan. That's fine. To be fair.
1: Yeah. I'm down with that. It's fine. As long as they're cool. in Brooklyn, I don't care.
0: Yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> I, Bronx, I live in Brooklyn. Like, I live and, in Brooklyn. I have to go with that.
1: Yeah, and Queens, like, and you know, Staten Island, like, I, like there's so many people, um, in New York City, and and people think of New York City only as Manhattan. Like, my whole family's from New York City, all different parts of New York City, and it's a big place, and um, there's a lot of places that just don't have good access, um, and a lot of in New York City where people are forced to have cars just to go very short distances, um, so we need to
0: all right yeah. snapchat or instagram for what <laughs> i should have known you were going to ask that question um for for just in, in personal use cases what are, what do you prefer
1: um i mean i prefer it depends um <laughs> i don't know like it's I, I i've written a lot of things i one piece that I wrote that like was pretty big was actually how the two should never be compared. Uh Um, (laughs) I I must've missed that one. (laughs) In in disarray right now, snapchat is a disaster. I was like the biggest booster of Snapchat ever. I wanted it to succeed, but it's been completely mismanaged. Um, Whereas, you know, Instagram has really, and and by the way, Instagram is not succeeding at, um, I guess. IGTV. Oh, IGTV is a disaster. Um, but Instagram is not succeeding. Um, Because it cloned the stories product, which people seem to think like that. Snapchat, is just completely like its entire um, like theories around identity, I think, are flawed. Like just this notion that like like there's no really good discovery mechanisms um, for people or new accounts within Snapchat. And that's 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 hugely stifles growth and I think is not the way that people want to interact with the social app. So I don't know. Snapchat's falling apart. Musk mm-hmm. people is also not a good CEO, <laughs> so no, he's um, not. I guess like Instagram, <laughs> Instagram's <a> lot, too. <laughs> that, I hate to well, boost either of them, but I guess Instagram.
0: <laughs> we'll go with Instagram then. Last, last, last question of the lightning round: If someone made a movie of your life, would it be a drama, comedy, rom com, action film, or science fiction
1: movie? Um. <laughs> 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 well, we're all living in like a dystopia right now, so I guess science fiction slash horror. Maybe. I knew
0: you were going to go with I, I should have included horror <laughs> those are the movies I, I like <laughs> I know I, after, after, uh, after hearing that from earlier I, I figured that's where yeah. you were going to go
1: with I don't know but also my life is great I like there's a lot that people could laugh at me for so maybe it's a comedy I don't know like <laughs> I don't know hopefully no one ever never makes a movie in my life that's my
0: nightmare <laughs> well Taylor I really appreciate being on the podcast if anyone wants to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to do that I'm guessing Twitter what's your yeah, uh, Twitter handle
1: me. I'm at Taylor Lorenz, which is just my name. So tweet me and I'm there.
0: Well, thanks for, thanks for being on and uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash best techie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.